You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Announcing two cast member changes, the role of Molly Sutcliffe is now played by Nora Estela Gutierrez. The role of Brax is now played by Lothar Tuppen. Sixty Three Audio presents Jake Dimes, Range Detective, a tale of the old west by Pete Lutz. Starring the Narada Radio Company. Tonight, Chapter 6, Red-Headed Stranger. Our story so far. Range Detective Jake Dimes, also known as Jake Dawson, in the course of investigating a series of payroll robberies from the D-Bar D Ranch in Arizona, has discovered who the ringleader of the robbers is. And that man is none other than Birch Hickam, the range boss of the Rolling End Ranch. Unfortunately, Hickam has found out that Jake is not who he's pretending to be either and has gotten the drop on our hero. Just at the end of our last episode, Hickam had left Jake tied to a chair in an abandoned shack on the edge of the Rolling End property. Jake's in a bit of a pickle with no food or water and no hands free in any case. To make the situation more desperate, Hickam has informed Jake that he won't be returning until after the next payroll robbery, which is two days away. Will he survive that long in the searing Arizona heat? Let's look in on our hero who hasn't slept a wink all night from struggling with his bonds and running plan after desperate plan through his head. save my strength. Hickam must have spent some time in the Navy considering how good these here knots are. What time is it? Dunno, but the sun's coming up. I can see it through the chinks in the wall. Gonna get hot pretty soon. Dang, I'm thirsty. Hunger too. I sure hope old Hickam were fun of me when he said he weren't gonna come back anytime soon. Huh? What's that noise? That you, Hickam? I can't really see you from the glare behind you. Come on in and shut the door. Make yourself to home. Ah, that's better. Dang sunlight left spots in front of my eyes. Whew. Sure am glad to see you, Hick. Oh, hey, wait. What? Oh, you sure ain't Birch Hickam. No, I'm not, but don't you see the family resemblance? Family what? Hickam's got a daughter? <laughs> funny, Mr. Dawson, funny. Birch isn't quite that old. You'll have to come a mite closer, if you want me to see the resemblance. Oh, sure. I can see it now. 
Your mustache is just like his. Oh, I can see that I'm going to have fun with you, Mr. Dawson. You keep cracking me up. Happy to brighten your day, Miss Higgum. See, you already know my name. I'm very pleased to meet you. I'd get up, but... Well, I don't see any harm in telling you my name. I'm Betty Jo, Birch's younger sister. Oh, well, I don't mind telling you, Miss Betty Jo. You're a side prettier than your brother. Thank you. And I was just funning about the mustache. In this light, I can barely see it. Yes, very humorous, Mr. Dawson. Now, I know my brother told you that you were to be left here without food or water until after Tuesday. Yes? Uh-huh. After the next scheduled payroll for the D-Bar-D. That, of course, was a ruse on his part, designed to instill fear in your mind. But I am here today to bring you something to eat and drink. I'm going to free one of your hands, Mr. Dawson, so you might feed yourself. But please don't try anything foolish. I can always take it away and fulfill my brother's earlier promise. I don't suppose you brought an axe to chop out a window in this shack? Sorry, no. Here's a canteen. Drink up, Mr. Dawson, and I'll give you something to eat. <sighs> Good. Ah, mighty obliged, Miss Hickam. You're welcome, Mr. Dawson. Aside from your unusual sense of humor, you have very nice manners. Well, Mama always said, if you can't say something nice, you ain't trying hard enough. It sounds as if your mother was well-versed in politics. She was the president of the Ladies' Aid Society back home for 16 years. Well, then, my surmise was correct. Are you hungry? I wouldn't say no to a bite of something. Here. That's a nice-looking hunk of bread. <sighs> oh, smells good, too. Did you make it yourself? Sadly, no. My personal skills lie <laughs> elsewhere, I'm afraid. Well... Aside from aiding them and betting robber and a kidnapping, Miss Hickam, what are your personal skills? If you don't mind me telling me. Oh. oh my, that was some kick. I didn't even see you move. That was for talking with your mouth full. <laughs> okay. Well, I reckon I deserved that then. <laughs> um... Thank you for choosing not to wear spurs. Since I still have some teeth left, is it all right if I finish this bread now? Go right ahead. It's getting rather warm in here, isn't it? No, it's only about, hmm, hmm about 92. Stick around another hour when it reaches 110. No, alas, Mr. Dawson, I shall be long gone by then. Are you finished? I reckon I am, if that's all there is. That's all. Now, I'll refasten that rope around your wrist. Remember, Mr. Dawson, no funny business. Will you give me your word as a gentleman? Since you asked me so nicely. Thank you. There. Oh, Mr. Dawson, I believe my boot must have scratched your face. There's a little blood. Mm. Uh? Oh, Mr. Dawson. 
Mm. Mm, Mr. Dawson. Mm. Mm. That kiss was very nice, Mr. Dawson. It's going to be a shame to destroy you. Well, goodbye. I shall be back tomorrow. Perhaps. female. Come in. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Mrs. Sutcliffe. How's our patient, Briar Buck? Still sleeping. No fever. That's a good sign. He's healing. Any sign of infection at the wound? No. Are you all right? You look like you've been up all night. I have been. I want to be here when he wakes. He's out of danger now. You should get some rest. I'm off to make my rounds. I'll return in a few hours. Good day, Miss Sutcliffe. Good day, Doctor. Well, Mr. Buck, you look so comfy and cozy there in that bed. You've been sleeping like a baby, haven't you? I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to squeeze in next to you and take a little nap. Oh, don't worry. I'll keep my hands to myself. <laughs> Ah, there we are. Sweet dreams, my dear Mr. Buck. I hope to have a few myself. I want that man discharged. I want him forcibly ejected from the property. Christine, please calm down. Hickam is... I will is... not calm down. Hickam needlessly posted Jake Dawson on 16 hours of picket duty, and now Jake's disappeared. I demand you hold Hickam responsible for that. Christine, now you know that I have always given the range boss free reign over making assignments like these. Hickam has informed me that he was shorthanded and needed Dawson to stand a double watch. But, Father... I've told Hickam to assemble some men and search the premises. We know he didn't just run off because his Palomino mare has returned to the stable. Crescent? Crescent is here? Is that her name? Well, it's fitting, isn't it? She's got a crescent moon-shaped mark on her forehead. Ah, 
But as I was saying, Hickam's putting together a search party and... Heather, that's like asking the fox to search for a lost chicken. Hickam despises Jake. Haven't you noticed that? Christine, the personal lives and feelings of my employees are none of our business. Hickam has done nothing to make me doubt him, and I'm certain he will leave no stone unturned in his search for Dawson. Now, please, don't concern yourself any further. I have work to do, dear, so please. Yes, yes, I'm going. But don't think for one moment that I'm just going to sit and twiddle my thumbs. I'm going out there and searching for Jake myself. Ah, Chris, you hellcat. Let's have children, your mother said. That'll be a comfort to us in our old age, she said. Oh, my God. Crescent? Where are you, girl? There you are. Oh, you beautiful creature. I am so glad to see you. Oh, if only you could talk. If only you could tell me what really happened. Say, I just had an idea, girl. Could you take me to the last place you saw Jake? Is it worth a try? Can you understand me? All right. Let's get you saddled up, girl. Miss Greenslate, just where do you think you're going on that horse? Mr. Hickam, how dare you stop me? What business is it of yours? Now listen, Chris, I... What? I won't tolerate such familiarity. Mr. Hickam, you will address me as Miss Greenslate. Miss Greenslate. I've got six men out there following the picket line searching for Jake Dawson. Now just what are you... And just what kind of search are they doing, Mr. Hickam? How do you hope they find him, if they find him, alive or dead? (sighs) Let me pass. Giddy up, Crescent. Just what the hell is she up to? Is this the spot, girl? All right. I'll dismount and take a look around. Well, I don't see anything. Wait. The grass is flattened out here, and... What's this? It's a mouth organ. I wonder what it's doing. Wait. Hello. It's got the letters J.D. scratched into it. Jake Dawson, this must be yours. But wait. Is this a little smear of... Blood? Oh, no. Jake must have been ambushed. Was he shot? Just like the Sutcliffe's ranch cook? Oh, Jake, where are you? (laughs) 
I don't like it, Hickam. I don't like it one bit. Now suppose those men find that shack. Suppose the Greenslade girl's Keep gun. your voice down, Brax. And don't you worry none. For one thing, the search party's all gone off in the opposite direction of the shack. And for another, Chris Greens... Well, just don't worry about Chris Greenslade. I don't know, Hickam. You think you got control of that Spitfire, but she's pretty smart. For a girl. Yeah, she's right smart. But I know a girl smarter. Huh? One way's as good as another, Crescent, but my hunch is to follow the fence line away from the ranch house. So, why don't we do that and see what we find? All right? Losing light, girl. As much as I hate to admit it, I'm about to turn around and... Wait. What's that up ahead? Let's go! Ha! Whoa! (laughs) Why, it's a girl. She's unconscious, I think. Miss? Hello, miss? Oh. 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 Oh, what? Who are you? Where am I? <gasps> I'm Chris. I just found you here on the ground. Are you all right? I'm starting to remember now. I was riding along, and my horse reared up at a snake and raced off. I held on for as long as I could, but I must have fallen off and passed out. Will you help me up? Yes, of course. Here, take my hand. Oh, ouch! My ankle. Oh, I must have twisted it when I fell. Oh, Here, lean on me, miss. We've got to get you back to the ranch, get you looked at. Can you get over to the horse if I help you? Yes, I... uh, I think so. Oh, uh, you're being so helpful. Uh, Thank you for your kindness. Oh, don't mention it. Here we go. Careful. Up you go. And now let me get up behind you. Whoop. Oh. Ready? Let's head back and get you some attention. Giddy up, Crescent. The injured girl tells Chris that her name is Nancy Hicks, but you and I know she's really Betty Jo Hickam, the sister of the range boss, don't we? Is Chris in danger, or is Betty Jo merely creating a diversion to throw Chris off Jake's trail? And how is Jake faring, having been tied up in that deserted shack with no food or water since that morning? To find out what happens next, tune into Chapter 7 of Jake Dimes, Range Detective, coming soon. Chapter 6, Red-Headed Stranger, was written, produced, and directed by Pete Lutz and starred Dana Gonzalez as Jake Dimes, Tommy Gregg as Hickam, Kristen DiMercurio as Chris Greenslade, Christy Glick as Betty Jo, Mark Bruzzi as Dr. Burnside, Joe Stofko as Fred Greenslade, Nora Estela Gutierrez as Molly Sutcliffe, and Lothar Toppen as Brax. Your announcer was Darren Rockhold. Tune in again next time when you'll hear Jake and Hickam say... 
Green Slate thinks Brax and me is on a search party for Dawson here. Ha <laughs> Well, you done a good job, sis. So you're in, eh, Jake? I'm in. What's my part in this caper? This has been a 63 Audio production. Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom, presented to you by the Mutual Audio Network, the network where we can all listen and imagine together. Hi, I'm Perky Marlins, and welcome back to Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom. Last week, we traveled to the wilds of Audio Island, which is in the western edge of that place some call the Bermuda Triangle. We went there to check on the progress of an audio drama producer who we have re-educated into the aspects of surviving in the wilds of the audio podverse. This wild creature, who Jim has named Bobo, has been used by society as a data entry clerk, a bartender, a project manager, an exotic dancer, and a biomedical research subject. The Mutual Audio Network's re-education project gives our young friend an opportunity for a productive life, in Bobo's natural environment, as an audio drama or comedy producer. The rehabilitation of this magnificent, wild, and creative animal includes a chance to reach a wider range of distribution and the extra exposure that brings, along with free production resources and the potential to make some money. Bobo has been hard at work on a first masterpiece, and right now, we can see Jim giving Bobo some feedback on the final mix. That's pretty good, Bobo. I'm just not sure about the choice of background music. It seems to be a bit too... Bobo, no! No, I'm sorry, Bobo! No, don't, don't, don't hurt me, Bobo! <laughs> Artists. Sometimes they can get a bit touchy. Well, Jim knew the job was dangerous when he took it. Join us next week as Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom will visit a pack of voice actors living in the hidden valleys of darkest Nova Scotia. For more information about the Mutual Audio Network, go to MutualAudioNetwork.com or inquire at MutualAudio at gmail.com. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.